Once again, a privilege and honor to be with you. It's time out. It's Bill Price. We're focusing our attention on leadership coaching, and the topic for today is a topic that is very, very important for any leader to pay very particular attention to. It's the topic of brand. Now, brand is basically a holistic word that depicts everything about you. So if I'm asking you the question, what's your brand? What's your brand of your organization? What's your brand of your church? What's your brand of your NGO? Then it's talking about the entire impact of the being of who you are. So it's not only just about your vision and your mission and your values. It is about that, but it's much, much more. It's a composite of all the things that are critical and essential to helping you to become a driving force, not only in your own organization, but also a driving force uh, within your own particular community. It's very interesting that Christ, the rabbi, Yeshua said, what is important that we must remember is that we are salt and that we are light. And you can't hide your brand. So if there are people in your organization that are um, impacting negatively, then you are having negative impact on your brand. When people have negative experiences with your particular organization under your leadership, then they are experiencing a negative brand culture experience. So I'd like you to take a A4 piece of paper and uh, put it down in front of you. And it is, um, I hope that it's going to be landscape. So it is the smaller margin on the left and the longer margin horizontal uh, from left to right. What I'm going to do is I'm going to work through a few um, gutsy questions and issues that I think we as leaders need to pay attention to. And um, as you hear the, the main criteria or item that I'm going to be talking about, and then I'm going to ask some questions, I'm going to ask you to feel free where you want to draw this particular criteria on the page. So you can decide however you want to start from the center, from the left, wherever. And um, I'm not going to tell you up front what they are, but the piece of paper will eventually represent spatially, which is about 95 to 98% accurate, um, where you see these criteria fitting within what we're going to call your brand culture or the brand uh, of your particular organization. So I'd like you to take a moment just to take a nice deep breath so that we can get the brain engaged. And as we breathe in and breathe out, we relax our shoulders. And I invite you to just look at the page. So if this page from left to right, top to bottom, is equal to the space of the, the image of your particular ministry, your uh, organization. So if the page represents the composite of the image, you're about to fill in the jigsaw puzzle pieces within that page. So the first circle or square or triangle or whatever symbol you'd like to use is the criteria of mission, vision, and values. 
So find a place on the page where you'd like to just draw the circle and then write the words mission, vision and values inside that circle. Well done. What I'd like you to do now is just to listen and pay attention to what I'm saying and I want you simply to write down first responses that come to mind. <clears throat> Fundamentally, our business, our organization, our church, our ministry, it has an image. And this image is constantly shining into the community. And fundamentally, that's the reason why we exist. Because we want not only the people that are part of our team, the people that add value to us, but also the people that are in the community, how they perceive us. So when any workday is over and done with, and we sit back and we ask ourselves the question, so what was today like? How did we live our values? I know in strategic facilitation, the opportunities that I have in businesses, I'm constantly aware of the fact that once the organization has worked through a set of values and I walk into the corridors and into the offices and down the corridors within the factories and wherever, I'm aware that there is a second set of values, something which I'd like to call operational values. It's the kind of finesse that people put to the business or organization values. It's their touch to it, their version of it. And um, so we need to relax with that because there always will be uh, two sets of values. It's the one that we have got on paper, all things being equal, 100% great. Then there's the other one where in reality people are living out uh, or trying to live out that value based on who they are. So at the end of any given day, how do you know that you've paid attention to the values? Where have you seen your values being lived fully, freely, and completely. And are those values equal to the vision and the mission statement that you have for your organization? And maybe you'd like to take a moment just to write down three or four values that you believe are driving your uh, community, your business, your organization, your ministry, and make sure that they are values that are not negotiable. In other words, these are the things that are going to remain. The second circle or triangle or symbol is the word driving force. So if you look on the page and decide where you're going to draw that in, driving force. As a leader, we need to be very, very aware of what drives us um, in pastors, I'm sure that numbers are part and parcel of it. We measure our success by numbers. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not always right, but it, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, how orientated are you? What's the driving force? If you're in ministry, is it evangelism? Uh, are you focused on people being um, made whole? Um, if I had to ask you, the end product that uh, your ministry or organization uh, develops in terms of people, what does that look like? And um, what's the driving force to produce that end product, both in the short term and in the long term? Take a few moments just to write down a few ideas that come to mind. 
The third criteria, and you can decide where you want to place that, is design and structure. And basically what I mean here is how clear are you in terms of being laser clear with regards to your strategies and your goals that support your vision and mission? Remember, when we dealt with the subject of vision, we asked this question, what is in your vision that is the attractor? Many times we hear that leaders are driven and that they have to be driven towards the fulfillment of their vision. Well, in reality, Jesus was never, ever driven. He would never have been a driven person simply because of the fact that he was Jewish. And he was focused on something else. He was focused on the particular benefit that was within his vision, the attractor, that thing that magnetized. May I ask you a question? What is in your vision that magnetizes your people, that magnetizes your leaders? It's not a, we've got to, we have to, um, time is running out and for whatever reason. What is the attractor? What's in that vision that the apostle would write, who for the things that were set before him, the joy that was set before him, he endured the reality of the now moments. What's the joy in your vision and mission? What's in it that uh, creates encouragement and whereby you can measure how close or how far you are to it? So when we look at structure and design, it's about, so how bureaucratic am I? How hierarchical or lean or flat um, do we communicate using first names or are there titles that we have to use? Um, titles like shepherd or pastor, um, elder or mister, or, um, or are you on first name basis? What's the design of your structure? What's the style of relating to each other? Is it rigid? Is it formal? Is it relaxed? Is it informal? And um, because that always tells so much about how people in community uh, are either motivated by performance or fear or how they feel secure and how they trust each other. So the design of your uh, interpersonal relationship structure, the design of reporting, um, the design of information reporting, all of that is around design and structure. What are some ideas that are coming to mind in terms of how you could improve or what you are presently doing that is hindering um, and the kind of things that you're tolerating right now? The next symbol um, on the page is performance. I can remember many years ago, it was about 15 years ago when I went through a burnout experience and then went through four years of uh, transformation and transition that was very structured and ordered um, and an amazing experience for me. One of the discoveries that I made was indeed about performance. And um, performance in ministry, performance in business is critical, but it is how am I working with that performance and how am I allowing that performance um, to work itself out through me? Um, 
It's almost as if I discovered that I found my, my self-esteem in performance. I found my sense of identity in performance. And it was always me running around, making sure that everybody is busy, busy, busy. And I'm wondering what thought processes um, you have in your organization about performance. Is it just busyness or is it about effectiveness, efficiency, productivity, uh, profit impact, personal development, um, personal accountability. Are we straightforward when we talk about performance? And performance is about action steps in action. And performance is about um, reporting the things that are factual and real. Performance is how we react when we miss the targets and the deadlines and where we have to begin to focus on doing things over again. Are we a high-functioning, uh, performance-orientated organization? Uh, is there a sense of entitlement, maybe? Uh, or are we more laissez-faire, where we lie back and relax with it, um, and yet uh, have bottom-line expectations? Unpack performance, and maybe we could ask some of our leaders the same question. How do you see performance in our organization and how do you perceive it? The next symbol is the criteria around control. I've uh, been in churches as uh, assistants and associate uh, positions where I've uh, worked uh, alongside leaders that have been very, very control orientated um, to the point where you feel inhibited and boxed um, and it's so disrespectful and painful and uh, basically just impacts on uh, that which is to be free, namely the image of God within us. But uh, we find that control. But on the other hand, we need to have a sense of control. So when you're riding in your car, you need to have both hands on the steering. That's control. Um, it doesn't mean that when you're going to have a, a, a tire blowout or... Uh, someone run in front of the road that that you're going to be in full control because they'll be swerving and jerking and um, there are possibilities of accidents that can happen but we have a sense of control so if I had to ask you to define what does your control system look like and how does your control system reflect your belief and your beliefs and your assumptions and um, what kind of controls have you set up? Um, controls around giving, controls around finances. It's about the controlling of the principles of good governance uh, within our organization where we as leaders need to be accountable uh, and to pay attention to. So it's pointless um, that we have uh, uh, issues and programs and projects and we don't have uh, the necessary systems and processes to be able to facilitate the, the uh, feedback and to know whether we are achieving or not. But are our controls so strong that we actually impede performance? That's quite a question. The next symbol that you can draw on the page anywhere is the symbol entitled with the criteria, the nature of work. Now, the nature of work is, it's almost like, how do we do things around here? It's our organizational culture. Is it exciting? Is it compelling? Um, 
Are we collectively making a difference in our community, in our business? Um, are we involved with meaningless projects or are our projects packed with meaning and purpose? Do we offer each other freedom um, to redefine and to pay attention to and uh, how challenging are we, how provocative are we, how interesting are we? I'd like you to write down a few words that would best describe the nature of your organization, the personality almost of your organization. So if your organization was a person, how would you describe that? And there is a very interesting website that you can visit um, and you can just Google it, uh, organizations are people too. And um, you can go through a test, work through a little test, and you'll see what your organization is all about if you had to describe it like a person. The next symbol is the criteria relationships. Here we learn that 80% of our life is interpersonal relationships. Organizations and businesses don't succeed or fail. It's people in those organizations and in those businesses that succeed or fail. It's what they're focusing on and what they're not focusing on that creates success or not. But we often forget that 80% of everything that we do is interpersonal relationships. 20% is our talent set in action at a passion rate of around about 60 to 70% if, we, if we're lucky and blessed. Most productivity in organizations in our country in South Africa uh, measure around about 47 uh, to about 57 um, if some organizations are pretty lucky. So it means they clock in and they only producing uh, and exerting uh, plus minus 50% of their talent, skills, wisdom and capacity and the rest is wasted but they get a full salary for doing that and a bonus. So what are your relationships like? Um, maybe you'd like to draw a little circle, small circle and go, okay, so who's my close friends in my small circle, the circle closest to me? And then the next circle is the outer circle, who are they? And just draw a few little stick men and women for you to get a visual impact in terms of relationships. And then who are the key folks that you have relationships with in your community? Um, on your database and um, yeah, how powerful are these relationships? How real are they? Uh, how meaningful are they? And how conscious are they? The next criteria, and you can draw the symbol anywhere on the page, and I'm sure there's still some space, uh, is leadership expectations. I'm aware of the fact that um, when I married Estelle, both of us married each other for very good reasons, but there were unspoken expectations that were constantly uh, being referred to in our thinking without telling our partner about that, and that's where our greatest miscommunication and greatest disappointments came. And when we learn to shift our relationship into a very conscious relationship in terms of telling you what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling on the inside and how what you thinking and feeling is impacting me or not, 
did we uh, experience an upward curve um, to the good in terms of our uh, relationship is when we addressed our expectations, when we put our hidden agendas on the table and said, now let's pay attention to what I mean exactly. Sometimes as leaders, we're so committed and we're so passionate about helping other people um, that, that we forget that when we relate to people, what we need to share with them is the clarity of expectations. What's the picture that we have in our mind? Um, of the end product. What does success look like? How good are you with that? And how good are your leaders with that? And possibly is this one of the conflict areas that we need to pay attention to? I wonder. The next criteria is the capacity to focus on a whole and complete person. And you can draw that symbol in anywhere and maybe just draw a stick person, male and female. I'm aware of the fact <clears throat> that in my training, uh, way back in my theological training, I was very much exposed to um, a fundamental theology in the beginning and very uh, dissected Greek approach, which was almost like body, soul and spirit, compartmentalized. But at a later stage in my life, when I was introduced to the Hebraic model of the whole person where man becomes a living soul and that living part of our soul is the spirituality and that we're a whole person interconnected with every other part of our lives rather than uh, compartmentalized we are a pond that contains everything and God uh, contained within everything at the same time. Now I'm wondering how you as an organization and especially how you as a leader together with your leaders pay attention to people. That person that walks in the door, walks past the, your door, through the corridor, sits in the meeting room. Do we dissect them? Do we say, keep your, keep your family at uh, home and uh, only have work stuff here? We're only concerned in work stuff. Are we uh, dissecting people? Do we reflect uh, our concern as leaders? Um, do we balance things out? Uh, that we've got people who have the rest of their lives to live? Or do we just demand our pint of blood uh, all the time? How do we see people? Very interesting that when Christ walked past a blind man once, you'll read, and he saw a man. His disciples saw a theological problem. They saw a social problem. They saw all sorts of other things, but Jesus had the wonderful capacity to see a man in completeness. The next symbol is one of reward and discipline. And um, what kind of rewards do you have for those people who are consistently uh, doing good? And um, what kind of reward punishment system uh, do you have in your organization? Sometimes even contradicting the values that you uh, espouse. So if we say teamwork is important, um, how do we endorse competition and inter-team competition? How does that help or hinder? The next symbol is the value of stories and um, how we train people. 
I wonder if I walked into your organization, what would be the value that would be attached to people telling their stories? Stories about things that I've learned, mistakes I've made, um, things that went wrong, things that went right, success stories, sad stories, failure stories. And how have we turned that into a learning integrated moment, a moment where we teach each other and where we each other learn from that and we accomplish wisdom as we integrate that into our conduct and our attitudes. Um, how do stories in your organization awaken um, pride and the sense of being together? Um, what, what do they evoke in the lives of people? The next symbol is a symbol of your physical environment. And I'm wondering, in terms of the layout of your organization, what that tells us about the character and the personality of your organization and also your leadership style, I guess. Um, how does that work? The, you know, do we hang photos up on the walls? Have we, do we allow photos for family members? Um, or is it just certificates that we're interested in? Or just professional works of art and we don't want to be cluttered? How does the physical environment look? The colors, the sounds, the smells, the space, the quality. The next symbol is how do you manage the business? Whether you're an organization, NGO, a church, um, a ministry, um, a lot of times I hear ministry, ministers and leaders of ministries telling me that they're not financially minded. Well, the reality is that if you read some of the parables and the stories of Christ, um, when he told stories that he gave uh, talents, which is worth about 20,000 rand in South Africa per talent, uh, to one, and then he gave another two and another five, and he had an expectation that they must multiply, I'm wondering what you would say now if you would look at your ministry and I'm asking the question, so how do you know that you're managing this organization in such a way that it is uh, multiplying itself? In other words, you're creating wealth, um, you're creating financial impact, uh, and it's not just about saving money, it's about where do you give and how do you give and how this culture of managing your, your organization, especially from the financial uh, perspective in terms of products and costs, how you're managing them in terms of streams of revenue, um, how you're managing in, in terms of advertising, where you're going to put the money in marketing, how you're managing all of that um, in such a way that you're feeling, yeah, this is, um, this is good. So how are you managing the speed uh, at which things happen in your organization and the pace of things. Um, another symbol is change. How are you managing change? How are you managing the change of rules, the change of ownership, uh, the change of space, the change of targets, the change of people, uh, the change of opinions, the change of beliefs? How are you managing change in your life? And finally, the last symbol is accountability and ownership. And I'm wondering, um, in your organization, how is that uh, experienced? How is that embedded in your interpersonal relationships? 
So paying attention to these realities are so important to how you brand your organization in your community. Your role as a leader is to be a brand facilitator and orchestrator. So you are the hero uh, of your cause, so to speak. And it's critical that you deepen your ideas in the process of thinking and that you express uh, to all of your members what you're thinking and feeling in terms of these criteria. I'm also wondering what would happen if you had to take this piece of paper and do a similar exercise with your team of direct reports and uh, ask the main question. So what two things do we need to change in uh, any six of these items that we've paid attention to and how would that impact our brand and our image and our character within us as a community and within a community as a whole, those people whom we're trying to influence and impact. Don't take yourself too seriously. Just learn to identify everything that you want to pay attention to. Look for the lighter side of life and follow your dreams. And as you follow your dreams in a more systemic way, you will know that the reality is one of where you can find joy, where you can experience that you're no longer in a treadmill, but you are moving towards a goal and objective that's manifesting itself in and through your people around you. Don't forget, you can email me.